welcome to The Woods, a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird, because you never know what you'll find in the woods. I'm Chasney. And I'm Sandy. Welcome to episode six, The Woo! Number of the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> so I always grew up hearing that from people. The Number of the Beast. Yeah. Um, six is my favorite number. You know, I like it because it's nice and even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, one can go into it six times, two can go in, into it three times, and three can go in it, go into it two times, so, like, yeah. it's a fun number. It is. I think it deserves more It's credit. half a dozen, so the perfect amount of cookies for one person. Yes. Six is just a good number. It's a really good number. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we got our Starbucks. We talked forever. We're going to Mexico, by the way. Yeah, we're going to go to Mexico. Let us know if you want to come. You have to pay for yourself, but... You have to donate to our Patreon. It's not up yet, but you're going to have to donate if you want to come with us. (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll go to some spooky places. Yeah. In Mexico. We're going to go check out some haunted Mexican places. Yeah. And, like, UFO sightings, like the one I'm going to talk about today. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. I'm very excited about it. There wasn't a lot of information, but I think that's okay because the information that I do have is just so interesting and Mm. spooky and wild. You know, mine is about UFOs. So is mine. At some point. Well, it's mine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we said mysterious places, so. Yeah. These are pretty mysterious. Mine's was kind of a place. It's like something that happened at a place. <laughs> well, it's fine. I don't know. It's just a really cool story. Anyway, <clears throat> how are I'm you doing this week, Sandy? I'm good. I really need to catch up on my homework. <laughs> <laughs> so instead we talked about Mexico all, all night. Yeah, but that's okay. And like I did uh, do a good chunk of work today, so that's pretty good. happy with myself. Hmm. Sweet. How are you doing today? I, um, I am doing swell. Yeah. I bought a soda stream. I'm so pumped. Yes, I'm very I'm going to go home and I wake up my whole stream. family by using it at, like, 12 o'clock at night. Oh, nice. I'm sure they'll appreciate it, especially when I hand them a nice, refreshing glass of soda stream. <laughs> oh, God. I want a soda stream. Ugh. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, let me know. I'm hoping to get it for Christmas, but we'll see. Yeah, I shouldn't have bought one, but whatever. I'll yeah. regret it later. Ah, uh, it's fine. <laughs> Treat yourself. You deserve it. Oh, thank you, Cindy. Yeah. Oh, I maybe have a third job. <laughs> oh, yeah. You did tell me about this. Yeah, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so what do you have this week to spook me? Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about the zone of silence in Mexico, and... I'm really happy I chose this topic. Well, you suggested it for me, and I just went along with it because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> but I'm really glad I did it. Uh, so the Zone of Silence is located in northern Mexico on the border of Mexican states Chihuahua, Durango, and Coahuila. Chihuahua! Yes. So, like, it wasn't last week. One week. No, when I was talking about the Chupacabra, I mentioned my home state, and it's making an appearance again today. Uh, so, the zone measures 50 kilometers across and is located in the Mapimi Biosphere Reserve, which is an uninhabited 
uninhabited desert filled with barren land and lonely mountains. Scientists call this area the Sea of Thetis because they've proved that this arid landscape was once submerged in water, which is called the Thetis Ocean. And so in the city that we're from, there's this museum with like dinosaur bones because it's a heavy area for like fossils and like pterodactyl fossils specifically. But like there's many fossils that suggest that there was water. There's like marine life fossils Mm. and like sea plants. So it's like right or now it's this dry desert. But Mm -hmm. a long time ago, it was an ocean. So is Saskatchewan. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I just love to think... Uh, I love dinosaurs. Did you go to Drumheller? Yeah, I did go to Drumheller. It's so cool. I know. I went to the the dinosaur museum they have there. They've yeah. got all the velociraptors. Did, did you know I stayed overnight there and slept under a T-Rex? No, you didn't. Oh my god, it was our grade 8 trip. We went to uh, to Drumheller for like a weekend or something. And oh, that's awesome. We got to sleep in the museum the dinosaurs oh that's so cool yeah it was so so much fun mm-hmm. oh, i love dinosaurs see i wish you were there in grade eight why'd you yeah, have to come grade nine i'm sorry you could have slept in a dinosaur museum. i know i probably love dinosaurs Me too. dinosaurs are so cool they are uh so anyways this area of northern mexico is the center of many legends conspiracy theories and ufo sightings and the reason for this is because for some reason in this zone radio signals don't work and if you bring a compass into the zone it starts to spin out of control that's insane yeah no one knows why however it is believed to be caused by subterranean deposits of magnite and debris from meteorites i thought you were gonna say subterranean deposits of madness (laughs) of mad i mean might as well (laughs) uh the zone's effects and even location are disputed and many believe that this is the site of celestial and extraterrestrial activity. Ooh. Yeah. So I read this article called Exploring Mexico's Zone of Silence, Where Radio Signals Fail and Meteorites Crash. And this is where I got most of my information from. Uh, but in this article, they interviewed a man named Benjamin Palacios, who grew up on the edge of the zone in a village called Escalón in the state of Chihuahua. And this man now owns a UFO-themed ranch in the Zone of Silence. So when we go to Mexico, that's where we will be. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. This UFO ranch. Yep. We'll stay there. Yeah. Because we are UFOs. So we're UFOs, so. Yeah. Whoops, exposed. (laughs) We're actually aliens, conspiracy theory confirmed. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So anyways, Valencia showed the interview, the interviewer, that as he drove into the main road of the zone where the radio signals don't work, um, that, like, before he entered the zone, his the radio was working loud and clear. But once he got into the heart of the zone, they, it just stopped. And if you'd click search on, like, the deck, it just keeps searching endlessly. And there'd be no radio signal. Crazy. Yeah. So another weird thing that happens here is large meteorites are always landing uh in the zone so two meteorites even fell on the same ranch like they were years apart so one landed in 1938 and the other landed landed in 1954 but like in the same spot whoa yeah so what are the chances of that happening like none yeah exactly never (laughs) exactly 
I mean, but it happened. I don't know. What's the? Ch- it's just like like with the chances of lightning hitting the same yeah, place. Yeah, it's like your chances are higher the next day, and then they get like less and less and less once time goes on. Yeah. So, and also these are meteorites. Like it's not yeah. like meteorites are falling. Like I mean, obviously they are all the time, but into Earth. Yeah, normally they yeah. burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, then in 1969, another large meteorite landed close to Benjamin Palacio's ranch. He said that the crash woke him up, and why wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people saw a bright light miles away and heard this boisterous noise that was so loud it managed to break windows. Mm. Yeah. This event is what caught the attention of scientists from around the world. Uh, so just three years before this happened, in 1966... Uh, was when the zone was dubbed the Zone of Silence. So Pemex is the national oil company in Mexico. They sent employees to this area to, like, just explore the area, I guess. The leader of this expedition was super frustrated because he couldn't get any signal on his radio. Mm. So he was so mad that he just called it the Zone of Silence because he couldn't (laughs) hear his tunes. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I would be frustrated. I'd be like, God damn. Yeah. My radio's not working. I need music. I need my podcast. Yeah. I mean, this was 1966. Well, they had, like, drama radio. They did. Like, watching, like, a sports game or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be frustrated, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, shortly after that, in 1970, on July 11th, an... Athena rocket was launched from the United States Air Force Base in Green River, Utah. It was part of a scientific mission to study the upper atmosphere. They claimed that the rocket was supposed to land somewhere in White Sands, New Mexico, but it lost control and crashed in the heart of the zone of silence in the middle of the night. The rocket was also said to be carrying two small containers of cobalt-57, which is a radioactive element. Local farmers spent weeks searching for this rocket, and once they did, they reported it to the state of Durango. Uh, when Durango found the, uh, sorry, I just find this funny. When they found uh, the rocket, they took the missile, uh, took a small amount of contaminated soil, transported away, and built a road over top of the crash. Uh, so just like, problem solved. It's gone now. Just build a road <laughs> over the wreckage, I guess. I love that. Yeah, just like, sweep it under the rug, nothing happened. Yeah. And a few years after this, the Mexican government created what is now the Mapini Biosphere Reserve, uh, which is a research station where scientists come from all over the world, many of which are biologists who come to study the weird ass flora and fauna. Which, in- yeah, because a lot of the- there's a lot of mutations going on. Oh. Yeah, uh, but a lot of them come to study North America's largest land reptile, the threatened go- gopherous tortoise. It's a very cute little thing. Oh my god. Save the gopherous tortoise. I love tortoises. <laughs> Me too. I love all animals. Like, it's just so cute. I love, I love um, them. When I was younger, my babysitter had a tortoise. Aww. Too. They were like this big. Yeah. Little tiny things. Aww. They're so cute. Well, apparently this one is huge. I believe it. Yeah, they live for quite a long time. They live in the zone all happily. But they're endangered, so save them. Save the tortoises. Dylan, get on that. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even in Mexico, but get on it. (laughs) Save them. Yeah. So, of course, there's many stories surrounding this place. Many of these stories deal with encounters with strange beings, 
you have lights in the sky, a shit ton of meteor showers, fireballs in the skies, and flames rolling down the sides of mountains. I know. Most of these stories come from people who live outside of the zone and somehow end up getting lost in it. What? Yeah. (laughs) So apparently, and this is creepy as shit, people who get lost in this mysterious desert are people... Who are most likely to see tall blonde beings appear out of nowhere. Aliens? I think so. But okay, listen to this. Uh, so people who encounter these beings claim they speak perfect Spanish and ask for water and then disappear without a trace. So they'll ask you for water. Let's say you give them water. You turn around, turn back around, and they're gone. You look for foot like footsteps or footprints. There's nothing. There's no signs of them being in the first place. But what sent a shiver down my spine and what still freaks me out is that when people ask these beings, hey, where are you from? They respond with only one word, and the word is above. Angels? I think aliens. Aliens? Above. Angels? Really thirsty aliens. Black-eyed children? Thir- oh, God, don't even bring <laughs> them into this, please. Also, I like that they're blonde. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, I think I, I'm... A- okay, hold on. Well, Did I tell you the story? alien species called like the tall white or something and they're like well maybe it could be them really tall humans yeah well so like in that region like there aren't many people with naturally with natural blonde hair so for that like people could think like that's weird in itself like when my cousin first came to canada like he was he was really young so he didn't know any better but he had never seen someone with natural blonde hair so when he saw someone with blonde hair he kept asking my aunt like what's wrong with them So no, that makes sense. Yeah. So also, not only are they strange beings, they also have blonde hair. They stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and they're from above, and I guess they're really thirsty. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently, I only found this uh, in one article. I couldn't find any sources, so who knows if this actually happened? But there was a couple driving around in a pickup truck through the zone when a store just came out of nowhere and their car got stuck. So two tall beings wearing yellow raincoats pushed their car and got it unstuck. The couple turned to thank them and they were gone. Again, no footprints, no signs of them ever being there. Um, And before, like even before the zone was dubbed the zone of silence, in the 1930s, a Mexican pilot was the first to report that his radio had experienced unexplained malfunctions while flying over the area. Uh, So... The zone has been compared to the Bermuda Triangle, as mm-hmm. they both share the 27th parallel along with the Pyramids of Giza. So if you look at a map, they're perfectly lined up. The zone, the what? Bermuda Triangle, and the Pyramids of Giza. That is not a coincidence. No, I don't, like, fight me. That is not a coincidence. And there's something where, I don't know if it's aliens, but it's something. Yeah, I knew the Bermuda Triangle and the Zone of Silence were, like, But connected. also the Pyramids, and then there's something else. I can't remember what it was. I might. Wait, no. I don't think it's Stonehenge. Hmm. Or maybe. No. But there's something else that, like, weird stuff happens. So, super weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Benjamin Palacios, the owner of the UFO ranch, he has a story himself. Um, So, I'm quoting all of this. It's super short, but still weird. He said, I was 12 years old when a light appeared from above and completely encircled us. I was traveling with my brother in the zone. We didn't know what was happening. When we got back to the ranch, we realized we had been lost for two hours. What? So they lost track of time, and I thought that was super interesting because uh, I remember when we listened to that one episode of And That's Why We Drink when they talked about alien abductions, 
one thing that a lot of people would say is they lose track of time. Yeah. They think it was only a short amount of time, but it'd be hours. Mm -hmm. So what if that light was a UFO? What if they were aliens mm -hmm. and they just lost track of time? And you remember the simulation theory, was it, when I talked about that one? You said that, like, you had experience where you just Oh, lost. yeah. Yeah. Weird. 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 So weird. Lost track of time. People watch out for it. Uh, yep. So another odd thing that I wanted to add here was that Benjamin's wife, Chacha Palacios, says that her daughter and her husband were infertile, so they couldn't have kids. They tried everything. They went to every doctor. They tried every method and nothing. Like, they weren't getting pregnant. Um, then one day, they went to the zone to visit, like, her mom and her dad, you know, as you do, and they conceived there. So after that, they tried again. Nothing. The doctor's like, you're completely infertile. Went back to the zone. And they conceived. What? Yeah. So if you're having trouble, go, go to the zone. zone. They should, like, open up, like, a baby-making clinic there. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your stay. <laughs> a hotel. Like, one of those honeymoon hotels. Ooh. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's the zone of silence. Again, short, but, like, really cool. Spooktacular. Yeah. No, that's, that is really cool. Like, if I... Because it, it's close to my hometown. So if I'm ever stuck in the zone of silence and I see two tall blonde beings come towards me, I'm just going to drop dead. Yeah. You think I'm joking? No, I'm going to be like... Or maybe I'll live long enough to ask them where they're from and then they'll say from above and I'll be like, this is how I go. Yeah. This is the end. What if you don't give them water? I don't know. Do you think that... Well... Like, they haven't hurt anyone, but what if you, that like, that we know of? What if you honestly don't have water? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what I don't they have water. Just, like, suck the water out of your blood or something. I mean. Like, what if that's what it is? Like, you give them water so they go away. But if you don't, like, we never heard about people Okay, well, now I'm even more scared. Well, your story didn't talk about people that didn't give them water, so what those well, people I mean, are dead. I mean, technically, it never said that anyone did give them water. It just said they speak perfect Spanish, they and ask for ask water, for and they're water. from above. And then they oh, disappear. Okay. And okay. they have blonde hair. Fair, fair. So those people that uh, got asked, you need to know. let us know if you uh, gave them water or not. Yeah, if this you're listening. Important. Hello? Hello. Dylan? Dylan. It's probably Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's blonde, he could be one of these aliens. Why would he be here just asking for water? Hello? I don't know. He's just being polite about I it. I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay. Alright, so what do you have? I'm going to butcher names in here because I tried looking up the pronunciation and I couldn't find it. Okay. Um, okay. And so, mine isn't, like, I guess it's not really about a place, but it's, it is kind of a place that, like, something weird, really weird happened. So, it's called... Anjikuni Lake, and it's in in the Kivalik region of Nunavut, Canada. Nunavut. I've so, always wanted to go there. yeah, it's very far north, Canada. Yeah. Cold, probably. I, I don't see. know. I've never been there. <laughs> I assume like Saskatchewan's freezing cold. I'm gonna assume it's, it's even colder up colder. north. Um, basically, when you think North Pole, because the Nunavut. North Pole is somewhere up there. <laughs> they have polar bears, don't they? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, northern Manitoba has oh, polar bears. Oh, do they? Yeah, you can go polar bear watching Manitoba. Oh, cool. Yeah, Let's it's go. so weird. That is weird. <laughs> I wouldn't think Manitoba. 
No, it's actually, it's not a good thing. Cause like I heard that they're like becoming, um, uh, like used to humans oh. and that's not good. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, we won't go. Cause then they don't get, they're not afraid of humans yeah. and then that equals like issues in communities. Yeah. So no, I, I don't want to do that. But it is, mm. I mean, it's cool to be a polar bears cause honestly, <laughs> yeah. As a kid, I didn't even realize that polar bears lived, like, on this hemisphere. Where did you think they lived? Okay, I thought the North Pole was actually, like, a thing, and it was even, like, more north than Canada. Well, I mean, that's a fair thing to think when you're So, I thought that, like, all the penguins and, and every, and, like, polar bears and everything lived up there. Well, first thing, we don't have penguins in Canada. No, penguins live they in Antarctica. They live in the south, yeah. yeah. Isn't, is that the only, no, there's, there's seals that live in antarctica aren't there yeah or is it okay i mean in happy feet there was <laughs> is that also where you found that elephant seal yeah <laughs> i really liked happy feet that was a good the second movie made me cry anyway so yeah um anjikuni lake or anjikuni lake i'm not sure how to say it anyway <clears throat> so one night well, we don't actually know if it was nighttime. At one moment, <laughs> in November of 1930, well, this time, this one was nighttime. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, one night, in November of 1930, a man by the name Joe LaBelle, who was a Canadian fur trapper, went to the Inuit colony at Anjikuni Lake. For a place to stay, as he had done many times before. So it was late at night. He didn't make any plans anywhere to stay. And he's like, it's getting cold and I'm tired. So he went to this uh, colony. Um, like It's just like a small village where he leaves some Inuit people okay. um, to stay. Uh, but on this particular night, when Joe arrived at the colony, things seemed a bit different. Ooh. It was very quiet. Maybe a little bit too quiet. Not quite how he remembered. There were no lights from lanterns, no sounds of the husky dogs, and not a person in sight. I'm scared. <laughs> you should be. Okay. The most shocking part was the lack of smoke bellowing from the chimneys. Now, we're talking about a freezing cold place. Like, my house has heating, and I freeze to death every night. I couldn't imagine living in the 1930s with no electricity and you rely on a there was, They uh, didn't have electricity? I don't think that they did up here because this is like super rural. Okay, so this was in the 1930s, but it's also an Inuit colony. Like, forgive me for sounding really dumb right now, but okay. like, were they living in igloos? No. Okay. <laughs> fair question, fair question. Okay. No, um, there were... It's hard to say because it it wasn't, like, super well documented, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure, like, the articles I read, like, if they're kind of guessing and stuff based on, like, what they think. Okay. But it sounded like either, like, kind of, like, tents or, um, like, log buildings. Okay. Like, small. Yeah. But, like, huts. Like, yeah. very small. Not igloos, though. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was just like... Well, no. Fair like, question. Because the Inuit people, they lived in igloos, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't mix up. No. Okay. No. Okay. Good. And um, I just—they just didn't say igloo, so I'm gonna assume they didn't, because I—I th- I feel like they would have said that, because they yeah. definitely knew what igloos were. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, they were in huts. So, okay. 
Uh, yeah, there was no smoke coming from any of the chimneys, which means there's nobody home. Yeah. Um, he did find one fire in the distance, so he went after, like, towards it to, like, see who was there. When he arrived, though, it was more like, um, like, smoldering fire, so Mm. it was, like, it had burned for a long time, and it was starting to go out, and, um, just coals kind of left. And, but there was nobody there. There was no footprints anywhere around it. There was, like, nothing. Um, so he found the fire, and disturbingly beside the fire was a preparation. <laughs> so beside the fire was preparations for a meal that was never finished. Ooh. So it was like somebody was cooking in the middle of cooking a meal, and they just got up and left there's something about that that creeps me out yeah why would you leave your food oh (laughs) (laughs) it's too important um he continued to investigate but only found more houses stocked full of food with either an eat um uneaten meals or things that had burnt from being left to cook so like they were like being cooked on the fire and they just burnt because nobody was there to take it off He couldn't fathom what sort of events would have happened to make a community of 30 men, women, and children leave behind their entire livelihoods in such a hurry that they couldn't even stop to pack some essentials. Other food had been left behind, and they hadn't taken any of their guns or clothing. Um, It was all abandoned. And this is odd because again like they relied a lot on their clothes like it's oh, freezing yeah. freaking cold up there yeah they need that stuff and this was in november so yeah it'd be really cold yeah winter winter's coming <laughs> yeah like it's november now and we're cold here in saskatchewan so. yeah exactly yeah. so they were gonna need that for the winter they need their guns um yeah for hunting and and protection and, and everything. survival yeah yeah um and i think at that point like guns had become a pretty um, essential tool for them. Yeah. Colonization. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there was no signs of struggles. It was just as if they disappeared. Poof. Gone. Gone. <laughs> Above. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Where else could they have gone? I thought with blonde people, I guess. From what he could tell, the event that took place was pretty recent. But he was still to find a very shocking discovery. Uh, this what? one's actually awful. I hate this. What is it? Ah! So, at just the outskirts of town, he found the reason for the silence that usually would have been filled with the howling and barking of the dogs. So, you know, in northern Canada, they have sled dogs. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, very essential to the yeah. livelihood. That's how they travel. They didn't yeah. have, like, skidoos. Yeah. <laughs> um, what he found was a pack of huskies. That the Inuit, you know, depended on for travel, hunting, and gathering. They were all dead and had starved to death. Left to lay under 12 feet of snow. Okay, that's really weird. It's so weird. Because what he found was recent. Yeah. So why would they be starving? Yeah. And it's not like... Because, again, like you said, they relied on them. Yeah. So it's not like they're not feeding them. Yeah. Okay, that's really weird. It's so weird. Chupacabra? <laughs> Pretty much. The, the like, Canadian chupacabra? I get. Well, they're found everywhere, so. Yeah. yeah. Could very well be. Um. So, you know, as soon as he found this, he's like, oh shit, like, these people are in trouble or something. So he decided just to continue on to the closest uh, telegraph office, 
where he could find some help for the the village. Um, he made a formal report to the RCMP, who then launched an official investigation. So on the way, no, they the RCMP took action right away, and they left for the village. And on their way, they found a shack that was occupied by another trapper named Arment Laurent or Armin Laurent and his two sons. When questioned, the trapper said they seen a large cylindrical object that transformed into a bullet shape, um, and it was heading toward Anjikuni Lake. When the RCMP reached the village, it is believed that they found all the graves had been opened up and emptied with the headstones piled neatly on both sides, or on either side of the grave, leading them to believe it wasn't an animal who had done this. So, how they bury, well, how this colony at least had buried their dead was, um, it was two to a grave. So, they dig really deep, they put yeah. one body, and then they fill it in a bit, and then they put a body oh, on top. Okay. Um, which is com- pretty common. Like, I, you, they still do that in some of the cemeteries yeah. and stuff. Um, so, these headstones were taken out of the ground and set, like, beside where the grave was. Like, an animal yeah. doesn't normally pick it up and nicely place it beside a grave. Yeah. And then they were dug out and the bodies were taken out and gone. There was no bodies. There's nobody, and there was no bodies. Okay. What the hell happened? I don't know. <laughs> so, this was very odd and concerning because it was considered very taboo for an Inuit grave to be disturbed. So, why would the community have done this? Especially since the ground would have been rock hard as rock at this time of year. Yeah, at that time of year, to dig a hole, good luck. Yeah. It's like digging into a rock. Yeah. And, like, you'd have to go through that snow. Yeah. And then and... to... To dig a dead body out so easily like yeah. that? What? Though the RCMP did do an investigation, they could not come up with any credible answer as to what happened to the villagers. They believed that the Inuit community had been missing for eight weeks, so about two months, based on some berries that they found. But this didn't explain how Joe found a burning fire and how the dogs had starved so quickly. Um, had the community starved their dogs before disappearing? And had they disappeared on purpose somehow? Like, did they just get up and leave, or... But then why wouldn't they take their mode of transportation? Yeah, right. And, um, like, maybe they grew essentials blue or something. Above, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who was responsible for the fire that Joe found? Because yeah. there was no footprints, and you would think that person wouldn't be gone that far, like... And also, how long did they say they might have been gone for, like, two weeks? Two months. Two months. Okay, so it's not like they stopped what they were doing and that fire's still burning yeah, two no. months later. No. The story hit the papers by the end of November in 1930, and in 1959, a journalist and author named Frank Edwards released the tale in his book, Stranger Than Science. It's this book that the RCMP now blame for what they say is a hoax. On a webpage they've created for the... Anjikuni Lake mystery, they say that the whole disappearance of the Inuit community was executed by Frank Edwards for his book. So they claim that this thing that happened in 1930, that there is proof and evidence that 
it happened in 1930 because there's police reports, there's uh, newspaper yeah. headlines and stuff like that. They were claiming that it was actually all made up and from a book in 1959. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. RCMP. <laughs> so yeah, even though this book was released 29 years after the events that occurred in 1930, that's what they blamed it on. Um, and in 1931, there was proof that the RCMP had done a second investigation where they decided that the village was, uh, an inhabitable area and was likely used seasonally or temporarily. So they think that, like, these people just, like, were done for the season and left because it wasn't, like, um, that you couldn't use it over the winter. Mm -hmm. And though some Inuit tribes were still semi-nomadic, which means, like, they kind of moved around. Yeah. Uh, in the 1930s, it didn't make any sense that they would leave their essential belongings and weapons. Like, there was, yeah. like I said, like, clothing, like, children's, like, clothes made out of, like, leather and stuff. You yeah. know, they made stuff with, like, out of caribou and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, things that they needed for the winter. They needed their guns. They didn't take their guns. Their dogs were dead. Like Yeah, they needed the dogs to move. <laughs> Maybe they got cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they worked on snow and ice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we're still left with the question of what really happened on that day. If the tribe had been murdered, there surely would have been some sort of indication of that. Yeah. Like, blood in the snow. Yeah. Or, like... Dead people? Yeah. Or, like... Be... Like, let's say they were murdered. That'd be a lot of work to take all of their bodies. And why would you... And then, like... Dig up their dead? Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? Weird. Yeah. That is just too weird. Um, or if they merely just got up and left, there should have been a trail or a destination for them to have gone to. Like, you think somebody would have heard from them at some point. Yeah, and they were just never found again. Yeah, they were just poof, poof. gone. This opens the possibility of a mass alien abduction. It was aliens. <laughs> Especially because of Laurent's witness of the flying object and the Mounties seeing blue lights above the village in the night sky. Yeah, I guess at some point Mounties seen lights up in the night sky. Now, fair, that could have been northern lights. Those are very popular in northern yeah. Canada. They're very <laughs> beautiful. They Sometimes are. you can see them here. Yeah, they are. I love them. Um, so Joe himself believes that it could have been a demon attack. Oh, okay. Um, he had told reporters that he believed the tribe was missing due to a run-in with the evil spirit. Uh, I'm going to book butcher this word but Torngarsuk a powerful entity the Inuit believed to be the sky deity and leader of malevolent spirits so like Satan yeah like kind of like like a, a sort of yeah. evil ruler kind of yeah thing. like an evil ruler That's yeah. that was their I guess their belief um, it's usually only visible to Inuit shamans. The spirit is also known to take form of an animal, often that of a bear. Hmm. So uh, another argument the RCMP had made was that they they thought Joe was bullshitting them, that Joe didn't know these people, like he was from like some other place in, in the area and like he wouldn't have ever met these people. But what kind of credits Joe is that he does have an understanding of like their culture, especially yeah. like something like um understanding their beliefs and um 
Yeah, I think he under had also had an understanding of like the Wendigo and yeah. Um, there was a few other things they had mentioned that are well known in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if this guy was from some other place, you never really like you know. I don't know. I think it gives him a bit of credibility that he actually knows stuff about the people that he's talking about. Um. So. It's also, you know, just possible that they had simply shifted into another dimension. It's actually quite common in history reports of people mysteriously disappearing, like the Roanoke colony. I was just going to say, this reminds me of the Roanoke colony. The the freaky thing about that, uh, like that word carved on the tree, Croatoan, no one knows what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Just mysterious colonies and places scare me. Yeah. Do you imagine if one day we all just disappeared? Someone comes into Saskatoon and there's no one. Oh my god, that'd be so weird. Yeah. Like, no oh. explanation. You can oh. never figure out what happened. And it's just the word. It'll be something stupid, like, <laughs> eat. Yeah, probably. <laughs> something the kids say these days. Yeah. So yeah, there's a Roanoke colony, which, do you remember where that was? Yeah, it was, uh... Virginia? Yeah. Like Virginia or something? I think it was... No, I think it was just Virginia. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Dylan, let us know. Yeah. Um, but it was somewhere in, like, the 13 colonies. Yeah. It was supposed to be a colony, but they just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I listened to a podcast episode on it. Mm. It was really interesting. I was going to do it for this, but I decided mm. to oh, do it. Oh, that would have been interesting. That would have been, been cool. <laughs> uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved did a really good episode on yeah. it, too. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if they had found something like that, like a word? Yeah. At this, this and if it was Croatoan, I'd be like, oh, this is... Oh my gosh, no. Oh, oh, spook. Yeah. I don't know. Spooky. Or just aliens took them. Bye-bye. Yeah. And killed the huskies, goddamn. Yeah. At least the aliens from the Zone of Silence just ask for water and then leave. Yeah, they don't freaking kill dogs. Yeah, leave my dog That's alone. That's the worst. Don't kill dogs. Um, for dis- mysteriously disappearing people in history, there's also Orion Williamson, a farmer from Selma, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> who said to, who was said to have disappeared right in front of his family. Um, another. What, what do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it said that they, uh, it is said that he, he disappeared just vanished? right, right in front of his family. He just disappeared. They Literally seen it with their own two eyes. Four. <laughs> Four eyes. It was a, a wife and a son, I believe. Aliens? Other dimensions? He just vanished. Because he drank too much Red Bull? <laughs> Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> oh my god, this is scary. There's some scary stuff out ooh, here. Oh, just woods. wait. The best one. Oh, tell me. Vampires. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, I guess I didn't write this one down, but that was on the list of theories was that uh, somehow the colony was um, attacked by vampires and there's that one horror movie where they're in a, like the Arctic. What's it called? Like 40, 40 days of night or something. Oh, I have no idea. It's like they're up because, you know, like. The further north you go, whatever, there's like a full month or whatever where yep. it's just dark. Mm-hmm. So it was all dark, and there were vampires because mm. you know vampires burn in the sun. 
So, like, awesome. It's a month of darkness. Time to eat up. Ew. Um, I watched a movie. I forget what it's called. But it was basically about zombie Nazis in the mountains. <laughs> Alright. No joke. But, so um, it's, like, Call of Duty. Yeah, I know. It, but yeah. I watched this before that came out. Like, this came out before that. Um, oh, evil. It was either, like, Evil Snow or Dead Snow or something like that. Was the movie's called? It was like Norwegian. I don't know. It's in some sort of other language. <laughs> so yeah, it's obviously Norwegian. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, they were just like these frozen zombies that happened to be Nazis. Um, yeah, they had like Nazi outfits on, and oh, they right. were in the mountains. And there was this group of like teens going skiing, and they got eaten by these zombies. Makes sense. Spoilers, but um. I thought about that, because I was like, what if, what if there was, like... Nazi zombies? Well, not necessarily <laughs> Nazi zombies, but, like, I don't know, some sort of, like, snowbians that came in and, like, killed all these people yeah. or something. Um, I also thought of, like, I don't know, or maybe just, like, some sort of being of any sort. What if it, okay, because, like, the huskies are dead, their dead has have been dug up. What if it was aliens trying to understand, like, human life? Which would make sense why they dig up bodies, to kind of study them. Yeah, it's possible. Don't know why they would starve dogs. Maybe they didn't know they were supposed to feed them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you know what's weird? Like, they had a grave area. Why would the RCMP think that this is a temporary place? That's a good point. I mean, I'm pretty, like, skeptical of especially early 1900 RCMP or government anything. Oh, yeah. Just because we have quite the history here oh, in yeah. Canada. And I could very much see them trying to just brush this off so that they don't, like, have to deal with it. I mean, it could be, yeah. I could see it. Now, I don't know what they were like in the northern communities. I don't know uh, what their demographic was. Like, I don't know who was in the RCMP. Yeah. But I just know, like, here. Yeah, definitely. Like, we have a really bad history, right? So, that's kind of a thought of mine, too, is maybe they're just trying to come up with an excuse. Um, Also, lots of, uh, like, police and stuff like that. They will try to come up with some sort of explanation just to keep the hype down. Yeah. Or to make themselves look good, like like in Making a a Murderer. Oh, yeah. um, Where they put that guy in prison but there was speculation that maybe he just did that so that they could like say they solved the case and yeah you know they don't like being wrong that's for sure yeah it's interesting uh i don't know i mean like lots of things are saying that this thing is a hoax and it never happened well i think it happened <laughs> yeah i could see it happening well like it happened in roanoke yeah why can't it happen in Nunavut? Yeah. And I, I just can't believe I've never heard it. Yeah. This is frustrating. This is an outrage. I should have learned this in Canadian history. Yeah. That would have been fun. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, I hate that I'll never know what happens. I know. Is it considered maybe a cold we, case now? Yeah. Like, like, maybe when I'm dead. I feel like <laughs> when I'm dead, I'll know everything about the world. And you can't even go there. Like, there's nothing left on that mountain. That's another reason people think it never happened. Because there's nothing there. 
but obviously there's nothing there. Like their they're structures, gone. Yeah, like their their building structures would have wouldn't have been like houses, right? Yeah. They were like huts made of things from nature, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and like animal skin and stuff. Um, they weren't made to last forever. Yeah. And they weren't necessarily temporary housing, but they weren't made to last forever. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. Maybe they just got fed up. They're like, screw this place. Let's move and take our dead relatives with us. Which, you yeah. know, <laughs> relatable. We can't leave our dead relatives in this hellhole. <laughs> I wouldn't Fair. blame them. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why they'd leave their dogs, though. No, yeah, that's Because I feel like they would. Because, again, that's their only mode of transportation. Now, they only found, a, I think they only found, like, a dozen dogs. And there was 30 people in this co- mm. village colony. Maybe um, the, maybe they forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe uh, the, these dogs got sick? Maybe. And they're like, sorry, boys. I, I There's don't know. nothing for you. Um, like, some things reported that these dogs, like, had been tied to kind of like a tree of some sort. But even then, like, dogs, they would either eat each other, like, the first to die or whatever, or they'd fight and stuff when they they were getting hungry, or they would have chewed themselves out of it, you know? Yeah. And been able to run run about and get food. Um, some reports said that, like, the food that they found was moldy. Mm. And then, I don't know how I found this place, but I was like, whoa, this is such an interesting mm-hmm. story. Like, just So like, I'm very interested about that one farmer from Alabama who just vanished. Yeah, Orion Williamson. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna look that up Kay. later at night when I'm trying to sleep and then think, oh, hey, here's a great idea while I'm trying to sleep. Give myself insomnia. Pretty much. Mm. All, All right. right. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at The Woods Podcast. Yeah, tweet us on Twitter at Woods Podcast. And send us an email at thewoodspodcast at gmail.com. And check out our blog, thewoodspodcast.home.blog. Yeah, I almost forgot, but I didn't. Go me. <laughs> Huge thanks to Jason Shaw for our theme, Running Waters. Yes, uh, contact us if you have solved either of these cases. Tell us. Where did the people go? Or if you just have a theory, like maybe they're yeah. in like Russia or something. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, have you seen them? We should put up missing people posters. I mean, do we know what they look like? No. Okay, well. If you've seen any tall blonde beings asking you for water. Run. Let us know. <laughs> Run and then let us know. Good luck. Tell us, us did you give them water? I did hope you you're not? Alive. What happened? Yeah, did you give them water? Yeah. What, what did they do when you gave them water? Did they drink it? Did they throw it in your face? Let us know. Did they have black eyes? I mean. <laughs> Let us know, and we'll see you next time. Bye.